Hi, everybody. So you guys will come and share the love with all of us. Um, my guest today on the podcast is a comedian named Eddie Fa- Emmy Files. I almost said Eddie Files. It's Emmy Files. Um, it was, we had a great fucking conversation, man. It was lovely. We went, I went to her flat. It was really nice. Uh, she made me a great cup of tea. Um, that northern chart, that northern talent for making cup of tea really shined out through her, I reckon. Um we talked about everything from TV talent shows, comedy competitions, how to survive Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is, I'm only three days in, so I really need some tips on how to survive this next 20, 22 days, guys. And also, a little sitcom called Black Adder, so please, give it up for Emmy Files. Short for anything, or is that? Well, this is dead stupid. It's short for Emma. But I'm not going to say It's not What's in wrong? any way shorter. It's got, you've got two M's. I, I know. I know. It's the same <laughs> Someone actually said to me the other day, I mean, if you think about it, Emmy is even longer. Yeah. Because it's Emmy. Emmy. Exactly. <laughs> you've got to put more emphasis on the Y than you do the A. Yeah. God, I mean. Fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, well, it's what my folks have always called me as a nickname. Mm. And also, when I went to join Equity at one point, there was already an Emma Files. Oh, and you can't have two Emma Files. I can't have two Emma Files. So, you know, I'll have to train it to something. (laughs) Speaking of Equity, um, what got you into comedy? Uh, Probably, like quite a lot of people, I went down the acting route first, so I wanted to be a very serious, important Shakespearean actor. (laughs) I'm not laughing at that. That's a a, a good goal to have. Yeah, yeah, no, it is a good goal to have if you are the sort of person who looks or sounds like a Shakespearean actor. If you're me, though, it's probably not a great career path to go down. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I did... You know, I had a a crack at being an actor for a few years and then um, I got asked to join a comedy sketch group. Nice. What was it called? Called Kooky Babushka. Kooky Babushka. Love the name. Yeah, great name. So we, uh, yeah, so I I knocked around with them for a few years, did a couple of Edinburgh's. As you do. As you do. It was really fun. Um, And yeah, I just think from then on, so I'm a bit me too. Go for it. Um... Yeah, I just realised that comedy was the way forward yeah. for me. I mean, I've still sort of done bits of plays here and there, mm. but always comedic ones. Okay. So, what do you think, how do you think you were able to transition, take the skills you've like from acting and translate them into comedy? Not specifically stand-up, we'll go into that later, but more the sketch stuff. Well, the sketch stuff essentially is just acting, mm. isn't it? You know, you're playing, well, obviously every sketch is different. We were playing characters... You know, a lot of them were quite ridiculous and absurd. So it is exactly the same skill set, really. The only difference being, and this is why 
I love comedy so much is that with acting, you've got to pretend if something goes wrong that it hasn't. Yeah. That's my problem. Because it... it you the can't. audience knows it's not real. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to pretend that things aren't happening around you. Like, I was in a play a few years ago, um, and it was like the dead emotion bit of the play. And um, Just saying that I love the fact that you said dead emotion. I love it. <laughs> I think you're the first person on the... I think, no, you might be the second person on the podcast that actually say dead in my... Oh, God. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so it got to that bit, and I was... Right, this is how emotional it was. I had to sing an a cappella, like, slowed-down version of a Kylie song. Nice. Which it, one? It's a, oh, it was one I'd never even heard of. It was like an album track. Wow. The guy that wrote the play was a really big fan of hers. Um, who is it? To be fair. I mean, <laughs> who is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't love a bit of Kylie? Saw her at Glastonbury this year. She was wonderful. Was she, yeah, like, well, she's Smashing. like, to be fair, she's 50 years old and can still <laughs> sing and oh, dance God. as good as the rest of them. She's amazing. She she is incredible, and her voice was so <laughs> good. I, was I didn't realise how good she was going to be. I was genuinely like, looking through her discography about a few weeks ago, I think, because I just thought like she'd been around since, what, 99 or something like that, because no. that's when I that's when I heard Spinning Around, right? That but, was your first introduction to Kylie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, was... I had all this stuff on vinyl from when I was, like, five. Nice. Yeah. I remember vinyl, man. Like you can't beat the re- the skip of a record track, can you? No, I love it. It's it's, it's brilliant. Like kids today, you just never know. I don't know though, because <laughs> I mean they are sort of back in mm. the old record players, aren't they? Mm. You know, not, they're quite hipster. Yeah, but not they're not mainstream as they were back when no. you were growing up. And just as I started to, we got yeah, grow up, but. It's more yeah. Spotify, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm on Tidal, so I'm not... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tidal? Yeah, I don't know. Is that the one it. that, like, Jay-Z owns? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I was like, I, I didn't want to, well, contribute too much to Spotify, because everyone's on them. And I know the sound clock, because I've got an uncle who's in the business, as it were. Oh. He, compa- he was able to compare the sound waves from Spotify to Tidal. And he said that the sound quality on Tidal is technically better than Spotify. That is amazing, except that I would not have a sweet clue. Ah, neither would I, but he told me. <laughs> also, I did once get a, a free subscription to Tidal for six months. Nice. Um, which I think is a very poor business model. Yeah. Essentially, just giving <laughs> yeah. away your product. Yeah. I think they need to really think about that. Yeah. How long ago was that? <laughs> that was like a year ago. Oh. So, you know. They're not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> Any listeners out there who want a free music streaming service? Go to yeah. Tidal, yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. so as I was saying. <laughs> yeah, back to, <laughs> that, call back to before Kylie. So the play was about what? Well, the play had a Kylie Minogue song in it. You had to do an acapella. Yeah, so I was singing away, you know, all teary. And mid song, so the set was a kitchen. And mid song. It was a microwave as part of the kitchen and it fell off the wall. How's it? Okay. <laughs> and in comedy, you're allowed to react to that. But as an actor, you have just got to pretend that, that hasn't happened. 
And that is what bothers me, because mm. I want to laugh or do a cheeky wink and a nod or make a bit of a comment mm. on the fact that that's happened and it's faintly ridiculous. And you can't. So that's why acting is shit. <laughs> <laughs> but technically, when we go... Because you're also a stand-up, mm. right? When we're on stage, we are essentially playing a version of... A, an exaggerated yes. version of ourselves, which is sort of a character in a way. Absolutely. What, how do you think you've been able to translate the skills you've learned from acting to stand-up? I mean, for all that I've just slagged acting off. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Central School of Speech Drama. <laughs> um, apologies. Um, it, my, my show probably is a bit more theatrical than straight stand-up. Mm. Um, so it, it does use sort of video and um, it's like it's a multimedia kind of show and it, it definitely it definitely doesn't come under the banner of just women stood with a mic telling mm. jokes and you know in response to one of my pals who said that's just a total crutch and when mm. we're going to do proper stand-up <laughs> <laughs> I say sod off <laughs> um, but yeah I mean definitely it draws on everything that I learn studying mm. acting absolutely and you're so right you know, you are always a heightened version yeah. of yourself. I sort of, I, I think, I don't think I made a conscious decision about my, what my onstage persona would be, but I would mm. say probably it's maybe a slightly more wide-eyed, innocent mm. version of myself. Because yeah. I think if you're a little less knowing, you can sometimes get away with a little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. That's really good. That's really good shit, yeah. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> I made that sound like I really thought that. Yeah, that was it. Like, that was it. Like, you even, re- even really thought that through. You're really good at, like, bullshitting your way through things. Yeah, Either way, that's what a stand-up does. Exactly. Do. Yes. Either or, you have got to bullshit your way out of situations that, sometimes, haven't you? As right. you'll know yourself. Yes, that's right. You know? So, what actually got you into specific stand-up? Instead of just comedy. Um... I, well, I had moved back to my parents after having lived in London for a few years and they are from a village in the northwest where it's fair to say there is not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is around the time I was still trying to be an actor. So, and I saw advertised, I think it might have been in the stage, that someone was running stand-up classes. And I thought, well, you know, whilst I'm not exactly busy, why not just give it a go? And that's where I met the person who asked me to join the sketch group. She also ran the stand-up classes. What's um, it? Who was it? Was that running? Who was uh, it? A girl called Victoria Cook. Oh, I've heard Victoria Cook. Yeah. So, nice. yeah, so, yeah, it was George. Um, so that's how I got into it, really. I mean, you... It's funny, isn't it? Because you... I think everyone secretly thinks they could be a yeah stand-up. that's the thing it's one of those art forms that everyone thinks that they can i don't wait no i think less people are thinking about it now thinking like that now i think a lot of people are now becoming a lot more self-aware thinking mm. there's you have to have a certain set of balls at, to yeah. actually get up on stage and i think a lot of people are now saying oh i wish i, I really respect you for doing that i really wish i could yeah but I had an I had um I had an incident with an audience member a few a few months ago mm-hmm. where they came up to me and said, Oh, 
what you guys do is just so easy. You just, what? You just get up on stage and like people laugh. Oh, oh I wanted oh. to punch him so oh, hard. Oh, what a no. I know. Disrespecting our craft. I <laughs> but I just wanted to say to him, mate, get up and do five exactly. minutes. Exactly. Well, that's what I, if, if someone, I mean, thankfully, I've never had any, like, really bad hecklers, but you do, I'm sure you found that you'll get audience members where usually they've had a couple of beers. Yeah, yeah. And they, they want to out-funny you. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm, like, it, it, I'll engage with them. Yeah. Absolutely, because I think it enhances the show. I think it's fun. Yeah. I like it. I kind of like it when someone goes a bit rogue. I think it's quite funny. As yeah. long as they're not shouting your yeah. shit, get off. Yeah. Which hasn't happened yet, but let's see. No, me neither, but touch <laughs> Still tap. Touch one. Touch one. Touch one. Touch one. Touch one. Yep. <laughs> when student calls. Uh, <laughs> okay, none of this is real. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> it's all fucking drywall. There's no like. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. But, um,. When, when someone's being really persistent mm. and keep shouting stuff out, my normal response is to just hand, like, put the mic out, like, yeah. cool, brilliant, get up here, yeah. come on. You, yeah, abs- 100%, you take the floor. Yeah. And no one has ever yet taken me up on it. Yeah, me neither. Maybe right. this is the time, ta- maybe this Edinburgh is the we'll first the time one, yes. that someone will actually get involved. Um, when I guess, whenever I guest MC and I, right, and there's someone talking in the front row, I just say, do you want to share with the class? Yeah. And then I tend to the audience and go, guess what I do outside of stand-up, right? And then, <laughs> and then they work, they're like, no, no, I'm still time. They'll shut up while I'm still okay. Yeah, exactly. Because people don't want that attention drawing themselves most of the time. No. We Although, do. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just cross the attention not fully on me. What are you on about? Yeah. But, I mean, I also, I used to MC uh, my own night and... Um, d- like I have had that before, like same thing. Like, oh, would you like to share with the room? Mm. What's what's going on? And then um, there was one time someone they were actually te- it was something like, oh, I was actually just telling them that uh, like my uncle just died. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, but also not the time. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're sorry. That's good. So you showed an empathetic side, but you showed that you're still in control of the room. Exactly. Exactly. So, Don't want none of that negativity. No, 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 of course not. So, um, being that you've emceed, what do you think the difference is between stand-up and MC? Because there is a clip, there is a difference. What do you think the difference is? Yeah, I mean, I never used to script anything when I was yeah. an MC. It was very much just crowd work and mm. off-the-cuff sort of observations, which I have no idea whether that made me a good MC or not, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but with stand-up, I'm quite fastidious about mm. really carefully crafting mm. the words, and I don't feel confident until I have a super clear... that, that I know basically verbatim what I'm going to say on yeah. stage. And it doesn't mean that I stick to that yeah. every time, but I have to sort of craft it, have it written down in existence. It yeah. doesn't mean that I follow the script, but... But this bit goes here, this bit exactly, goes here, this bit yeah. goes here, this bit goes here, and this is the end. Because it's, for, like, mine is sort of, th- this year's and last year's show 
well, they're the only two full solo shows I've done, so yeah. Good for you. Um, but um, there's a there's a journey to it. There's a, a narrative mm. arc, sl- slightly less this year to be fair, but um, yeah, there is there is an A, B, and a C. Mm. You know, there's. I mean, oh, I won't use the word journey. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on the X Factor. Oh, but, um, thank fuck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those contracts that have them on them are ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, one of my pals, who is a comedian... Um, Britain's Got Talent. She got asked to go on it. Mm-hmm. So her her act is she does burlesque as Theresa May. Mm-hmm. My pal went through the auditions, decided it wasn't for her chose not to go on it so what they went out and did was found another woman who does theresa may burlesque and just replaced her mm. that is how dispensable yes. people are they, like it ugh. and once you sign their contracts i've got a friend who um, he actually went on the x factor but before the, jordan morris he was a few years ago and oh. um, he but before what they do is before they get to the judges houses they make you quickly sign something. And most most people, because they're fame-hungry, they won't bother to read it, right? Oh, no. He's more savvy than that. He got his lawyers to read it, read through it, and he said, I'm not signing that. Good lad. So he did get to the judges' houses, but didn't get through. And when it came to the actual taping, they cut, uh, they cut his audition scenes and everything down to the absolute bare minimum. And they feed you lines and what to say and stuff. You know, in the bits and before when they're when they're when that's the real when they're being real mm-hmm. like outside the step outside the stadiums and the arenas. And stuff. Oh God, I hate yeah. They feed you lines. They tell you what to say. They oh. tell you to walk this way. To to like smile. It's it's so fucking oh, stage. Horrible. But it makes for television. It makes well, crap television. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I personally I don't watch stuff yeah. like that, but yeah. um, people love it. Yeah. One of my pals actually auditioned a few years ago. There was a similar sort of thing, but it was for musicals. It was called I'd Do Anything. Oh, yeah, I remember that. With um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So my mate auditioned for it, and it's about. Uh, oh, I'd Do Anything is from the musical Oliver. Yeah. And if, if you don't know the plot of it, um, the character she was auditioning for was Nancy, who. Because that, that was who they were trying to audition for, yes. wasn't it? I remember this song. Yeah. yeah. So Nancy in Oliver is a victim of domestic abuse. Yeah, she is. So the producers, apparently, I mean, the, the, I think the minimum age for auditioning was something like 15. And the producers were going round and trying to get 15, 16 year old girls to talk about whether they've been victims of abuse. That's disgusting. How dark is that? That is disgusting. I mean, And I think, like, nine months at the time, when you're 15, because I've and what kids you see like right you won't they don't realize that they're getting fit they, they don't see it as a bitch no. so no. what they see it is it's just normal so and yeah that's disgusting it's horrible and all this to just because they want a good sub story yeah because it will play well with the audience oh horrible it's oh. well yeah when those things well the way those things are mechanically produced is just despicable they're more than they free shows is what they are yeah although Come on, the bit on X Factor that everyone likes. Oh yeah, oh, oh, I, I mean yeah, it, it, it is a modern day freak show, and I'm, as I said, it is good television. I'm, 
not I don't really watch it, but when I do, well, when I did watch it, those are the ones, those are the bits I yeah. like. I mean, fuck the winners, sorry. Yeah. And there's no never... one's gonna give a shit about them the week after Christmas once they're singles. Well, it doesn't even do well anymore, does no, it's it? That's true. Well, One Direction came third in their year, right? Who the fuck is Matt Pardle these days? Well, exactly. Ollie Murs came second in that year. Again, who the fuck's Matt Pardle? The um, only ones who are successful... Olimers is uh, very big in Japan. Oh, no, Olimers is big. Olimers is big here. <laughs> Olimers is big here. But, again, who's Matt Pardle? The only ones who are semi-successful after winning, Little Mix and Fair Play to them, they're very good. Yeah. Ooh, love a bit of Little Mix. Oh, they're good. They're great. Um, yeah. Although, one of them is now going out with an ex-Love Island contestant. And that... <laughs> <laughs> A little bit cringe. Yeah, just a little bit, but it's, they're kind of in the same bubble though, aren't they? Reality TV show stars. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they're kind of, when you're in that kind of bubble, you kind of have to flock with people that kind of understand what you're going through. Yeah, of course. Of course but you do. still, at the same time, it's a bit cringe. But it's still a bit, I've seen their Instagram. It's horrible. Oh, <laughs> it's proper cringe. So... Speaking of Britain's Got Talent, mm-hmm. um, you obviously didn't watch it this year. Nope. But um, a comedian called Kojo came, he was on, and he um, he was, I think he came like second or third or something like that. Oh, wow. And he was, he, he put it quite perfectly, saying that the only reason he did it was to get more exposure because he's got to feed his family. Fair enough. So for that, that I can kind of understand. Yeah. With that in mind, like, um, speaking of X Factor and stuff, what do you think of gong shows? Because I think they're kind of, and competitions, they're sort of X Factorization of comedy, I think. Yeah, I think they are terrifying. Yeah. I hate them. I think I've only done one once, but way, way back in the day. Mm. I just think that, um, I'm, I'm more of a narrative comedian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm not like a gag, 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 because, you know, you need a gag rate of like one every 30 seconds, yeah. but probably, actually, one every 15, yeah, if you're going to do well at a gong show, and that absolutely isn't me, I, I'm more someone I feel like they'll just need to warm up into, <laughs> I'm not necessarily immediately likeable, I don't know, I mean, I hope I am, but, but, no, oh god, no, that's my idea of hell, yeah, I've kind of put off doing a lot of them this year, like, because it's my first year of comedy as well. It's your first year of doing comedy? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm now even more looking forward to coming to see you. Yeah, I know. You can see me, Bob. Yeah. No, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've done one heat so far. Mm-hmm. And it went well. And the guy who won the heat, um, he actually went on to win the actual thing. Really well and truly deserved it. But... I don't like the fact, I just don't like the whole comedy competition thing. Yeah. Because it just creates a lot more animosity in a community where there's, I think we all just need to be sticking together, to be honest. Yeah. I think the only recent experience that I have with stuff like that is um, Funny Women. Funny Women, okay. And, um, yeah, I I did that... uh, recently and I got through to the second round but then I didn't get any further than that but I kind of I don't like the feeling that it creates inside me no. when I see people that get through who 
I don't yeah. necessarily think are that good. Yeah. And I hate that about yeah. myself because I don't want to be sat there thinking, well, they were shit. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I don't like that I have the potential to get. I mean, every comedian has a. Yeah. Every comedian's a bit competitive, otherwise, you, you wouldn't be able to do it. It's true. You know, we've all got that in us. So, no point pretending that, it's not that we're all nice 100% of the time. No, of course we're not. But. But then again, no one's nice 100% of the time. I'm sorry, I don't care what. No, you, you're not. Yeah. Absolutely right. I mean, I work for the House of Commons, so I'm oh, not too well. <laughs> you work for the House of Commons? Yeah. Do you know Harun Mashon? Yeah. Ah, yeah. I, I, I giggle with him a lot. I giggle with him all the time. Ah, yeah, I know Harun. We used to work literally in the office next door to each other. Nice. Yeah. Um, what else? And uh, John Cairns. John Cairns, yeah. work for Parliament as well. So there is a rich heritage of yes, comics who need to who have wanted to get the hell out of there yes. and uh, do something else. Yeah, genius. Yeah. yeah. Weird yeah. old ways. So the competition, so the competition thing. Yes. I th- yeah, I don't because I, I lied. I think well, I didn't lie. I completely blanked out. I did two competitions. I did one in Reading as well. Right. And it was it was a weird experience because it was in a nightclub. My mic wasn't working very well. Oh, no. And, yeah. What's I, the Reading comedy scene like? I don't, um, I don't know. I've only did that one play. I've only did that one thing. What made you go to Reading? Yeah, I was just invited. I, I just heard about it. I heard about it. And I was like, do you know what? I want to gig outside of London as well. Fair enough. Yeah, because that's what you need to do. You can't just gig in your city because otherwise you become Manchester friendly or like London friendly. Yeah, or, that's like, true. Yeah. So I'm just trying to gig as many places outside of London as possible. Yeah, that's why I'm here in Edinburgh with you right now. Hello. <laughs> that's why you're here in these student halls. Yes. <laughs> but the nightclub was it was it was an okay it was an okay room. It was yeah. a nice looking room, but the the mic wasn't working and some of the things were just not right for comedy. There was yeah. a rocking horse there were rocking horses what? in the audience. <laughs> what? There were rocking horses in the audience. Literally. Yeah, like what, for the audience to sit on? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What venue is this, please? Um, After Dark Comedy Club. After Dark. I'm going to go. This sounds Dark. amazing. It is good. It is fun. And I'm back there and later on this year. But yeah. Um, at, the end of, at, the end of, at the end of the night, we found out about, obviously they told us, they were going to tell us who was going to win. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, um, before, before that, before the whole... Um, drum roll kind of thing. I was like, do you know what? I, I had fun and I did well enough. I don't really care, right? Yeah. But when the drum roll happened, something switched in me. He said, I really hope I win this. I really <laughs> hope I win this. And I didn't win, obviously. But no, no, don't say obviously. Don't do yourself down. No, 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 don't no, say no, obviously. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying because I built it up. Like, I built it up and say, as a, to say I haven't won a competition. So that's why I said, that's why I said obviously. I'm not feeling myself down. God, no. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't win, and I was like, all right, I didn't win. Let's move on. Screw it. I had a good night, and the audience sort of liked me, and that was good. And I had good conversations with the other comics, who some of them already knew, so it was quite good. It's a very healthy attitude. Yeah. I mean, it might not last, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might get really bit... Hey, dude. Hello. Hello. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're bad. Right. Got a... Well, I have to do this. I've got a fucking spot that I signed up for last night. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> so... oh where? Oh, it's just, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's in our venue, it's uh, Simon Kane's compilation show. Alright, oh, nice. um, um, am I coming to see you guys today? Yeah, cool. 
we're um, definitely in need of audience. So um, I'll, I'll come yeah. and watch you then. Later. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll drop you in since you're going to be doing it as well. So. Oh, um, sweet. Always good. Great. Um, Looking forward to it. Excellent. Me too. And uh, oh, I'm going to put on my cigarettes. They'll be in my room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Okay. See, ya. see you later. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> and that's live. <laughs> Who was that? Who was... <laughs> so that's Tom. Tom, yeah. That's Tom B. Tom B. Uh, yeah, so he and Andrew, who I'm staying with, are doing a show called Nobody Likes You When You're 33. Fair play. Which they've asked me to come and guest on. Which okay. is why I told him then that I'm going to come and watch it because I want to know what I'm letting the other people Yes! Pony and some improvisation! <laughs> well, you should be great out because you don't act. You But I think it's, I think, right, it's improvising being in a punk band. Being in a punk band, okay. Which, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether it comes across on tape, but I'm the least punk person, <laughs> other than my hair looking like one of those gem dolls. Yep. And you're wearing pink swag. You're wearing pink sparkly. Yeah. Yeah. So not very punk. Not very punk. No, but. But. What is punk these days? What is punk? Punk is inside of us. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I saw Miley Cyrus at Glastonbury, and to me, that's as punk as I go. Yeah. Was she okay? So how was she live? Incredible, but I love her anyway. I I'm a big fan of her. I watched the thing on YouTube and her. I just didn't think her voice was up to it on that day. Really? Because live it sounded brilliant. Live sounded brilliant. Okay. And there was a coat just there. Uh, yeah. This is it. That'll be it. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. By the way, sorry. Hi, Nathan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I am going out like it. Cheers. See you later. See you <laughs> Oh, I love real life. <laughs> real life is the best. It just, it just happens all around us. Well, I kind of thought I might see the guys this morning and just be able to warn them that we were doing a podcast, but I didn't. Ah, screw it. So, yeah. They so it was a lovely up. little surprise treat. Yes. Like so you've got, got an extra guest on yes. the podcast. Does he know that he was a guest on the podcast? No. no. Great. Gonna have to get to sign a little release for him. Ah, no, it's alright. He's it's not fine. gonna care. <laughs> like, anyway, I've just advertised this show for him, so yeah, that's right. You know, it's fine. So how have you? So how many Edinburghs have you done so far? Uh, five. Five. Jeez. But when I say five, one of them was literally just five days and me and a pal just did a sketch thing on somebody else's show so it was in no way a proper mm. run um but yeah this is my second full month okay uh last year i did i think three weeks because i had to go to a wedding in italy mm. at the end of it so i couldn't do the full run um so three weeks is basically a full run three weeks did, is basically yeah. a full run yeah but the frustrating thing was that uh, it was sort of at the end that I was starting to get sort of interest and then I had to leave. Mm. So it was a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, this is my first full run as a solo performer. Okay. How are you finding it so far? I, yeah. I, 
for the first day I found a little bit tough going mm. just because I mean you and I are in the same venue so yes, you know yeah. it is a vast vast oh, venue oh <laughs> good you don't, god you don't eat no <laughs> you don't even understand <laughs> like it's it is literally is it's amazing it's great it's wonderful but, but it's, it's like playing the Albert Flipping Hall. Yeah. It's massive. That is, this is our Wembley Arena. It is. It is. I don't think I've ever played in a venue this big. And also, when um, for those that and all this that doesn't know, like when you when you sign up and you you choose your venue, it has all the details on it. And one of the things is obviously the capacity, which says ninety, which is a lot anyway. Did it say it's last ninety? Well, well, wait for this. Right, it says ninety when you. On the on the free fringe website, mm, yeah. chatting to obviously you've met Danny who yeah. runs the bar at our yeah. venue. Yeah. Um, he told me the other day that actually it fits three hundred. Oh sweet. So that on the first day when I had eight or nine people in, that made me want to throw up in my own mouth yeah. a little bit. The idea that it yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But um, saying that after after a slightly terrifying first day, but I mean mm. the first day is always like that. Yeah. And like tech stuff always goes wrong, and you know that's part of the course. Um, yesterday was actually way more chill. Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah, because I think you had about thirty people in your. Uh, yeah. We because we were on in the early evening. We got about 50 to 60 people. Yeah, that's 60 amazing. Like, Second I, day. I know. That's incredible. I mean, it's great. But it was like, oh, shit. We were not expecting this. No. Like, oof, we've actually got to be good today. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the pressure's really on. Although, it, if you think about laughter proportionally. Yeah. The big, a bigger number of people only need to laugh a little bit for it to feel yeah, like they're laughing. Yeah. They're laughing. Whereas if you've got six people in, yeah, they've really got to be pissing themselves for you to feel good yeah, about yourself. That's it. I know. It's tough. Do you it's record, really tough. Do you record your sets? Uh, sometimes yes, not consistently no. because, well, my iPhone would be full. That's <laughs> 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 Do you record yours? I try to. Like I've got a just audio or video. I, I try video now. Yeah. Because I've got like a nice little. I've just brought a nice little tripod. Me too. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Woo! I just bought one and I was pleased as punch. Yes, I haven't used it yet. Oh, I've used mine. It's pretty good. Um, Amazon twelve quid or something. Same. Yes. Yes. It's good, is it? Okay. It's all right. Oh, the only thing I would say is it doesn't go um, as high as you might want it to. So you might have to pop it on a little stool, stool or something if you're using it. So yeah. just, just be wary of that. Okay. But yeah, smashing it's changed my life. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why we haven't done it, but I haven't done it before. Because yeah. it just, like the shaky can that you get when someone's holding it, and it's just less of a ball like yeah. than someone asking someone to hold it for you. It's just... Absolutely. I don't know why I didn't buy one years ago, to be honest. I mean, because I make my own videos and stuff mm. um sometimes there's like you know there's a, there's a music video in my mm. show for example so i've no idea why i didn't think to buy one i've no. just been propping it up on books <laughs> and like 
Yeah, all sorts. You know, tying it to a washing line in the hope that that's going to do. Yeah, why not just buy, spend 12 quid? Yeah, that's true. So, what would be your um, Edinburgh record? Well, your five tips for surviving Edinburgh. Oh, right, okay. Uh, First of all, um, just eat the odd vegetable. Yeah. It is very, very, very easy to exist on 100% beige yes. while you're here. I personally forced myself to have some avocado this morning. Nice. I say forced, it's my favourite food. Yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so try, try and keep vaguely healthy. Yeah. Um, go and see stuff. Yeah. That's super obvious, but... But particularly, maybe go and see something that you wouldn't go and see at home. Yeah. Because, you know, like, we live in London, life's hectic. Yeah. It's crazy. Going to see some comedy in the evening, if you've been at work all day, can feel like a real slog. Yeah. So I feel like you choose really safe options. Mm. Whereas here, I mean, first of all, there's loads of free stuff. Yeah. So, you know, take a gamble on that. Um... But yeah, just go and see something a bit different because it's a it's an hour of your time. Yeah. You spend max a tenner. Like just have a go. I'm seeing Eddie Izzard doing his work in progress. Are you? I'm so like I'm so excited. Oh. I, I looked at this what I said to my mum, I cannot miss this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. How many shows is he doing? Is it just the one? I think it's about five he's doing maybe. Because I think he's on. Because my. I'm, Pals with the lads are in Sleeping Trees, and I think they're on the same venue next to, mm. that's like just before or after Eddie, which, mm. oh, I mean, I, you'd die and go to heaven, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you were on the same bill as him. But I, I did go see a good compilation show the other day, um, Lobot Wars, which is on our venue. Oh, was it good? It was so much fun. Like, you, you might know a couple of people already. I met like, the lad who does it the other day. Elliot, yeah. Yeah, he's, Elliot. Yeah, he's good fun. Um, Leslie Ewan Burgess was in it. And Aaron Simmons was in it. Ah, Aaron and I have been chatting over Facebook lately. We've not met in real life. Oh, he's great fun. Yeah, the problem is his full show clashes with mine, so I can't really go and see it, but uh, I really want to see him. Does he do the Lollabot Wars thing often? He did the Lollabot... Um, he didn't do it... I didn't see him come in last night when I, when, when, as I was leaving the venue. But he does it quite, he does it quite. Oh, I'll definitely go and watch it then. Yeah, yeah, it's on straight after our show. Yeah, so go see Lobo Wars. Come and see see Lobo Wars (laughs) after you've seen Emmy's show and Marseille Graham's show and then my show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shouldn't we have said the name of our shows? Yeah, what's the show called? What's the show called? Use the podcast to advertise stuff. Should we yeah. say the name? Yeah, that's that's a really good idea. Do you know? <laughs> really and also, rather than just tell people just to come and see it, maybe where it's on. Where it's on? Yeah. What time? The time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think those minor details are really helpful I in getting people like to see stuff. <laughs> right. That's that's what's the show called? This is all at Dropkick Murphy's Bar on Merchant Street. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. What time is your show and what's it called? So my show is at 2.45pm. Nice. And it is called Socially Awkward Penguin. Nice. So where did you get the idea? What? What? Where's the title from? Well, so, right. There, oh God. So there's actually a meme, Socially Awkward Penguin, which is about a little penguin who does socially awkward things. Nice. Now, 
I was really familiar with this meme, and I thought that other people would have heard of it. And then when I when I started telling people the show title, I just got blank looks. <laughs> but by that point, it was too late, and I'd already submitted my application. So I now open the show with some FAQs to explain why the show is called that. Because honestly, it's been just so disheartening when people just look at me really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, um, so it is a show that is about social awkwardness, but isn't about penguins. Not about penguins. So, do well, you penguins get... are my favourite animal. Yeah, same. I love them. Yeah. I think they are nature's comedian. Have you seen? You was have you been? You've been to London Zoo, right? Yes. Have you been to feeding time? The penguin feeding times. I have, and can I tell you one thing yeah. better than that? Yeah. Right. When uh, when you go to drama school, you have to do something called zoo study, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get assigned an animal, you get um, a single animal, mm-hmm. an individual animal, and a group animal, and you have to go and study that animal. And then I don't know if, you have, if you've noticed, there's a big grassy bit in the middle of London yeah. Zoo, yeah. and you have to be in that grassy bit, being your animal. Nice. On a Wednesday afternoon, amazing. when members of the public That's are walking around. But my group animal. Penguin. Was the penguin. Nice. So you got to like waddle around on the little yeah. green patch. I got to see a penguin. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> Although my individual animal was this fucking lizard that. <laughs> literally never moved it just sat under its little lamp in its cage and didn't move it was horrible <laughs> but apparently the, but they gave me because the whole concept was that um it was to get you out of your comfort zone yeah so they deliberately because they said that my natural comfort zone would be something that was sort of fluffy and cuddly yeah so That's they gave way. me the opposite of that um to, yeah so i had to be a lizard in the middle That's of the yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was one of the more embarrassing, socially awkward things I've had to do in my life. Well, socially awkward penguin. I should put that in the show. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, it's the first, well, it's the first, it's the first week. You can re- you can I can rewrite the whole show. You can do that, yes. Because what's socially awkward being a penguin in the middle of London Zoo? Yeah, yeah. Problem is I don't have any uh, video footage of me doing it. So <laughs> <really> <laughs> I'm sure it exists somewhere. In the London Zoo CCTV camera. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm sure it does, yeah. So, yeah, so that's an explanation of yeah. the show. Then we've got um, 101, um, we've got the Irish joke, yeah, the Irish jokes. Yeah, the it's the first one, I think, on the listings, because it's called Ah yeah. 101 jokes. Yeah, so it's the one after, that's after you, isn't it? It's before, the, so there's a clean version and an annoying version. Naughty versions on later on, a little bit later on. Yeah. So the one just before my show might be the clean version then. I don't know. No, I think he does. Does he have like three shows a day there? Yeah, he does. So he has one that's. I don't really know straight after your show, to be honest. But there's from about 4 foot, from about 4.30 to. 5.30, they got the, he's, he's back doing... Oh, so he's before and after me yeah. then. And then Marseille Graham's got his show from 5.30 to 6.30, and then from five from 6.45 to 7.45, the 
the tick box, the tick boxes, which is myself, Duffy Brothers, and Charlie Johan. <laughs> we got there, we did we it. We got there. Now people know where to turn up to. Yeah. Oh my God, actually, the, 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 the extra guest you had on <laughs> a minute ago, Tom, yeah. um, they got their flyers back uh, when they arrived yesterday and realised they've not put the time of their show on it. Oh. <laughs> to venue you order to yeah well i mean i ordered to venue and mine did not turn up <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah it's been a bit of a thing but it's fine it's all sorted now you've got them back well you've i've seen your i've seen your flyers around the venue so yeah they, they, it was the posters that didn't show up actually okay yeah so there was some, there was some cross phone calls yes i can imagine so yeah some stressed out phone calls to the, to the printers but it's all sorted now it's all fine <laughs> so <laughs> Black Arrow. Yes. All right. So, what do you think? So why? Okay. So why is that your favourite sitcom? So Blackadder, I watched from being tiny. Um, I think it's where I learned to be sarcastic. Yeah. It's where I probably learned to be quite verbose. Um, and also, all of my historical knowledge comes from Blackadder. <laughs> so, if that is historically inaccurate, Fuck. don't know. <laughs> so, Rowan Atkinson's your, hi- your history teacher, essentially. Essentially, yes, yes, really? he is. Basically, yeah. Um, I, I do. I mean, not that this was my thought at the time, but I do love that comedy can kind of sneakily educate yeah i think there's something really nice about that yeah um and i think it's really my friend and i um wrote a sitcom pilot a few years ago uh, which was a parody of come down with me called come through time with me nice using um like historical characters and having sort of got through that process from the other side from the writing point of view as opposed to viewing it it's really interesting when you see when you when you research those characters and the little funny facts that you can throw Mm. in about them that you you think created for comedy purposes and actually the truth is far off and a lot funnier than yeah than the fiction yeah um so yeah um i absolutely love blackadder um, I think it, I think it's brilliant. Oh, sweet. I mean, I think Ryan Atkinson is obviously one of the greatest, one of the greatest comedians of all time. Yeah. Like it's he doesn't have to do much. He doesn't have to say anything. Like it's just in his facial expressions. Yeah. He's oh, do you know, last year actually. Here's ah, here's a tip for Edinburgh. Hang around in the Pleasance Courtyard, and you will see your comedy heroes. Last year, Rowan Atkinson. Nice. Just being all skinny and walking around. <laughs> <laughs> he is really skinny. Just being Mr. Bean. Just being Mr. Bean. Um, he's got a really young girlfriend, hasn't he? He does. She's like my age. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's real love. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure he's very, very entertaining company. But, oh, my God. That's weird. Well, that's weird. I'm sorry. It It, is weird. I I tried to save her a little bit, but it's fucking weird. Well, sorry if he listens to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, and, And Roman, you still are my absolute hero. And I was, honestly... You know, like, when you see someone that you admire so much and, like, your tummy goes a bit funny? Yeah. It was like that. But, so, yeah, um, this is your first Edinburgh. Hang around. Pleasant Pleasant Courtyard. Yeah, you'll just see so many people. Because, because obviously, that's where all the big stuff happens. So, you know, they'll come to see the, you know, the big talked-about shows. Yes. Um, So, yeah, just Just hang around there, get yourself a little beer. Yeah. And just do a bit of celebs you see, with beers, I'm not drinking for the first week in a bit of Edinburgh. How come? I just, I just want to have my head in the game, to be honest. That's very sensible. To right. be fair, I've not really been drinking. Oh, actually, well, I had a day for the night. Anyway. Nice. Okay. It was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah, so, who do you reckon you fa- who's your favourite character or who are your favourite characters from Black Adam? Um. Well... Rick Mail, yes. Rest his soul. R.I.P. What a genius. Mm-hmm. As Lord Flashheart <laughs> is just, just wonderful. Agree. He's just fantastic. And this is not the person I know if I met in real life. I'd be so terrified <laughs> of. And even on screen, I think his performance is so good. I feel a bit giggly and intimidated by him. I just think he's brilliant. He's so good. Um, obviously, Baldrick yeah. is wonderful. Although, right, I um, it may be a bit sad. Like a couple of years ago, I read uh, an interview with Tony Robinson, and he was saying that like the other, because he's the only non-posh boy, basically. Yeah. They're all sort of Oxbridge graduates. Yeah. yeah. And he's not. And I think they were a bit mean to him. Oh. Which really upset me. I don't uh, think they were very nice to him. No, that's what. That is horrible. That is that is horrible. But that is the stereotype of the Oxbridge. I know. But I've not. But the thing is, I've met plenty of people who are not plenty of people because don't really associate in that circle. No, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I met the people I've met who have gone to Oxford and Cambridge. Just seem gen. They seem genuinely nice people. Yeah, well, you know. But you've also then got the other side, which is the Blinden Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. too posh. Yeah, too posh, too, yeah. And too, not just posh, I've met, I've met quite a few posh people, it's just too privileged. And too, I think that's a word. Well, too privileged. I mean, I obviously work for Commons, so I'm yeah, surrounded yeah. by them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, God, how did I end up working there? Um, yeah, but but that aside, um, yeah, uh, Baldrick is is brilliant. Yeah. And who doesn't love a cunning plan? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, he's great. He's wonderful, and also, um, and and George. Mm-hmm. You know, Blackadder is definitely not my favourite character. No. Um, I think it's great how he sort of always gets his comeuppance at the end of an episode. Yeah. Um, and you feel like all is right with the world because he is a conniving, scheming little shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the innocence of George. <laughs> I like, uh, I just like how stupid 
Um, yeah, I just think he's he's wonderful. Um, yeah, particularly Blackadder goes forth. Yeah. That's my favourite series. Which, the series, yeah. That's that's the, for me the absolute best one. Um, and I don't think I've ever managed to watch the final episode of that and not cry. I was going to ask you about that. How do you think? Do you think it ended appropriately? Yes, I yeah. think I I like comedy that has a bit yeah. of pathos to it. That really gets me. Because it didn't end with laughs. No, and I think that's hugely brave. But also, like, it's you know it's, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it happened, and it would be ridiculous to end it where they all survived and yeah. we see them all celebrating having lived through the war because it you know it didn't happen. It no. didn't happen. So yeah, there are tears every time yeah. I watch that. Understanding. I love it. I mean, even though it makes me sad, I just think it's beautiful. I think it's really nice. Right. Um, way to end. I heard recently that they're planning on bringing it back. What? Really? Yeah. Do you think it could work? Oh, God. I think when something is that close to perfection, you should leave it be. Yeah. I mean, they've had some success, some success with bringing back Open All, open all Atlas. Still, I haven't watched the new series of it. I didn't watch the old series. I, I, it was kind of a... It was, it was alright. It was kind of a staple. It was kind of on. It yeah. One of the shows where it was like, yeah, do you know what? Oh, it's it's on in the background. And sure. And do you know what? It's it's perfectly watchable. <laughs> background. Well, one day I hope to have a review like that. Perfectly <laughs> <laughs> watchable. <laughs> it's overall adequate. Adequate, yeah. Well, it was it was it's fine. Yeah. It's nothing special, but it's fine. And they've got. And the, and the second series, or well, the, the revival series, is apparently doing okay. But that's one of those things that could have been te- that could be taken from any time to, yeah. Yeah. To now. But I think Black Adder, that was a very, I think that was very, very, very specific, wasn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, what are they going to do? Like Brexit Black Adder? Brexit Black Adder, yeah. That'd be I'm having that. Yeah, Brexit Black Adder. <laughs> but like, when are they going to set it? Because. You know, it's just the same archetype characters yeah. but put in a different historical context. So how are they gonna exp- what would yeah. they choose this time, you know? And or how would they, it be modern? And how would they explain that they're that they're the same characters in this world? But I don't, that bit doesn't matter to me because they're the same characters in multiple different worlds. Mm. As you know, the as the series yeah. that exists. So I don't have a problem with that. I just think they would mess it up. Sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I I hope they don't. No. I mean, I would one hundred percent watch it. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. Because, but you'd watch it just out of curiosity, not because exactly. you're not because you're excited about it coming back. Yeah. You would watch it because, like I'd watch it, to see how it compares to the original, yeah. and then say, oh, this is shit compared to the original. Why am I watching this? Also. Hugh Laurie now that he's house and now that he's sort of like <laughs> a bit of a sex symbol in America coming back and playing dopey old George like, yeah. 
I think that I think he can do anything he wants. So who know it? Oh, I mean, I think he's absolutely wonderful. Um, I just, I, I hope. I, I don't know. I feel like they were so there was something very wide-eyed and innocent mm. about the original series, and you know that was, as far as I'm aware, all of their first big roles. Yeah. Roles. So I don't. I, I wonder whether now. Ego would get in the way mm. at all. I don't know. If they did Brexit Blackadder, I think that'd be really interesting because you'd have Rowan Atkins. Well, Rowan Atkinson's, I think he's pretty pro Brexit, isn't he? Is he not? I don't know, actually. He's, he's pro Leave. I, so. I think so. Is he? <gasps> I have to rethink a few things. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'd be quite, I think that could be quite an interesting thing if they have, if they kind of do it like a sort of a yes prime minister a yes prime minister kind of thing where mm. he's pro it but everyone else is against him well yeah I mean if he's p- plotting to leave for some financial gain yeah which is what most of his plotting boils down to doesn't yeah. it yeah then I mean you could very very easily set that in parliament mm. and, and then <laughs> you wouldn't have to change anything yeah and that would also fit with the BBC sort of well sort of the BBC sort of narrative. Yeah. Because they they can't well they say that they say they're pro leave. I mean pro remain, but let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. I mean do you know what? The more we're talking about it, the more I'm quite excited about the idea of Brexit yeah. Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now fully on board I'm actually. kind of I'm kind of it depends on who they've got writing it. Yeah, of course. If they get uh, I don't want to say Actually, no, right. If they did get Ben Elton and other people, then it'd be okay. But if they had Ben Elton on his own, I think that would. Yeah. I yeah. Um. Did you did you watch um? Because his as far as his most recent thing was um. The, the Shakespeare one that stars David Mitchell. What's it called? I can't remember the name of it. I absolutely adore David Mitchell. I can't think. And of he it. plays Shakespeare. And it's written by Ben Elton, and it's kind of sort of similar vibe to Blackadder. Yeah. Actually, quite good. Is it okay? Um, because I, I thought Ben Elton's Brighton have gone off the boil a mm. little bit, but actually, it's it's a very easy watch. Yeah. You know, it's it's like nice, gentle mm. comedy, and it's you know, it's and David Mitchell's wonderful. I'll tell you what else is good that Ben Mitchell did. The Thin Blue Line. No, no. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> ben, ben Elton. <laughs> Casually kills off Heather in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Ben Elton. Ben uh, Elton. Thin Blue Line with Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's genius. I think it's an absolutely brilliant sitcom. Yeah. It hasn't aged that well. Have you watched it recently? I watched it a couple of years ago. I watched it about six months ago, and I, I, lo- I still love it for nostalgia reasons. I don't think it's aged that In well. what sense? In what sense? Um, just, I suppose, some of the character stereotypes were a bit oh, of I was, the I, time. Are you talking about James Dreyfus? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't referring to him, but yes. Okay. It's very... Um, 
yeah, I feel like we've moved on a little bit, hopefully, from yeah. those stereotypes. Yeah. Um, the sort of nagging wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, the very, very overtly camp gay man. Also, he's not gay, is it? He's just really camp, but he's not gay. Yeah, but it's just, it's always insinuated that he might be. Yes, but isn't he in love with, um, can't remember her character's name. Ah, the Asian police woman. Yeah, the Asian lass. Um, yeah. And the black and the black and the black police officer who doesn't really say much apart from. Yeah, yeah. But he's brilliant in it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's great in it. Oh, he, my, yeah, I really like had, him. <laughs> oh, my favourite line of his is when they talk when he when they talk about a song called Colin and. He, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about name, Colin. <laughs> we had a dog called Colin once. I tell him, Colin. <laughs> I saw you do the caca. <laughs> and I rub your nose in it. Next thing I know, <laughs> I woke up in an ambulance. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. Oh. He's so like, but you, like he doesn't say much, but when he does, it, it really makes it count. Mm. He's great. Now that we're talking about this, I think he's my favourite one, isn't it? Oh, and also, what's his name? Is the head police chief. The, um, yeah, the guy that's in four weddings and a funeral. And also the guest what modern family. But yeah, my family, yeah. Hang um, on, did you mean modern family or my I family? I meant my family, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, he's in, four, he's in four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, he is. Um, he's the one in four weddings and a funeral that does the naughty little rabbit. He's that <laughs> one, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh. So it hasn't aged well. But I don't know what, I'm going to catch it again to see what it actually is. I mean, it's worth it just for the Colin bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the football match. Football match? Yeah, when I go to the football match. Why don't I why don't I remember, what happens at the football match? Why don't I remember that bit? He gets hit in the face with he gets hit in the face with the football and they are play I think there's two football matches once because they actually go to a football match and then there's one where they're actually doing a police staff team. <gasps> yes. I remember now. Yes. Yeah. I was being to another I can have a head with the football then. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I mean, we ha- ha- this has sort of made me want to re-watch it now that we've talked about it. Yeah, I want to re-watch it as well. I mean, luckily, I've got a lot of downtime at the minute. Fucking hell. You oh. know, could be out there watching live theatre or I could watch something that's 20 years old. 20 years old. Why not? Why not? All right, so, where can they find you on social media? Okay, on, on the socials, I am at Emmy Files and... Do you want me to spell it? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think you need to. <laughs> I think you need to. So, Emmy is E-double-M-Y, and Files is F-Y-L-E-S. Sweet. Emmy Files. Emmy Files. All right, so that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah. I don't write very much on Twitter, because Twitter, to me, feels like shouting into a wheelie bin. Yeah, it is a bit. Like... <laughs> It's a bit like shouting into like a massive, a massive black hole, isn't it? Yeah, unless you're a famous. Yeah. Then I, d- I don't, I don't, I don't really get to it, and I also, I always do it wrong. <laughs> like I'm like someone's nan on Twitter. I don't really get how it works and how it sort of oh, retweets. I don't know. I don't get it. But I'm on there. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and maybe if I had more followers, then I'd write more yeah. stuff. That's sweet. Yeah. So get more, yeah. So if you're listening, follow us. Listening, follow me. <laughs> also, where can they see your show and when? 
So my show uh, is on at Dropkick Murphys, and it's at 2.45pm every day, apart from the 19th, when I get myself a lovely little day off. Nice. nice. What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got all these grand ambitions that I'm going to go and climb off the seat. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to probably sit in my pants and watch Dallas. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, 1st to the 25th of August, uh, set the 19th, Dropkick Murphys, and it's called Socially Awkward Painting. Sweet. Okay. And fast from absolutely wonderful spanking to you. Woohoo! You Ooh. too! <laughs> So yeah, that was Emmy Files, and I really enjoyed that conversation with her. Um, as always, guys, you can catch me on Twitter at your boy Gibbo, um, on Instagram as Gibbo Gibbogram One, and also you can come and see myself, Sharlene Johan, and Duffy Connors every day in Edinburgh at Dropkick Murphy's Bar from 6:45 p.m. as the Ticked Boxes. All right, guys, thanks very much for listening, and catch you next time. Goodbye.